Good afternoon, bridge builders. These are your head bridge builders, Ray Torkelson and Josh Proto. Coming to you live from our alma mater, Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. Our social enterprise, Donor Bridge, is on a mission to build the bridge between people with resources who want to give and people in need who want help. Today is our second podcast brought to you by Anchor FM, Radio Reinvented, allowing you to make cool audio right from your phone. I wanted to give a couple quick shout outs to our partners, Do Good Multnomah and Ole Latte Coffee, as well as our friends at the East Portland Neighborhood Office, my friend growing up, Griffin Oscar, who did that wonderful introduction song, our friend Lana's Mine, who helps us with content, and our friend Gary V, who always inspires us. So today, Josh and I are here to talk a little bit about Columbia Sportswear. Go ahead, Josh. Yes, there was something very interesting uh, the CEO of Columbia Sportswear, Tim Boyle, posted in the Oregonian a response to some of the, as he considered, unsafe conditions that are ever-increasing in downtown Portland. And I would like to read a bit of that for you just to get us all on the same page. Um, in Tim Boyle's words, I love Portland, but as the chief, but as the chief executive officer of a company based here, I am concerned I may have made a mistake when we recently relocated one of our brand headquarters downtown. In fact, I am so concerned about the safety of our employees at the Sorel headquarters that we are taking the next 90 days to reevaluate our location decision. Earlier this year, we were thrilled to join with Mayor Ted Wheeler and cut the ribbon for a new Sorel offices downtown at Southwest Broadway and Taylor Street. Sorel Footwear is a tremendous success story, a growing brand known for being the most fashion and outdoor and the most outdoor in fashion. Although it began decades ago in Canada as a functional men's footwear brand, it is in the creative Portland environment that the brand has trans been transformed and becomes a leading seller of fashionable women's footwear. Our celebration of our new offices ended swiftly. We were immediately receiving reports from employees that they were being hassled, harassed, and threatened by individuals near our office. A few days ago, one of our employees had to run into traffic when a stranger outside of our office followed her and threatened to kill her. On other occasions, our employees have arrived at work only to be menaced by individuals camping in the doorway, and our employees have had so many car break-ins downtown that we have started referring to parking in Portland as our, quotes, laptop donation program. <laughs> Last night, it happened again to one of our newest transplants to Oregon, a European who recently moved his family to Oregon. As he hosted one of our biggest customers downtown, his windows were smashed and his laptop and travel papers were stolen. Given these, ex these experiences, it is relief when the only thing we are dealing with is the garbage and human waste by our front door. Think about that for a minute. This is outrageous and unacceptable. We are so concerned that we brought together senior management this week to talk through the challenges and options for addressing it, including a review of whether to stay downtown. Time that was to be devoted to discussing strategy for growing our business was spent on the much more pressing issue of keeping our employees safe. We had already been at work on getting new security doors for our portico and long ago hired extra security, but those things are not enough. We cannot have our colleagues threatened, or worse, as they go to and from work. As Portlanders, we have a lot of priorities, but if we cannot keep downtown safe, 
what will become of our city? Portland has fewer police officers today than it had when Bud Clark was mayor. At the same time, our population has grown dramatically. That is one part of the public safety challenge downtown, and it is one that should be easy for us to address. Wheeler has put forward a proposal to the Portland City Council to add 80 police officers. Frankly, based on our employees' experiences, we would suggest even more support for the Portland Police. But Wheeler's proposal is an important step and something that deserves prompt support. I will end where I began. I love Portland. I've spent almost my entire life here, and our company has thrived and made its biggest investments here. We are not going to sit quietly while our colleagues at work are threatened, intimidated, and worse. And the city council shouldn't be quiet about it either. And to Tim Boyle's words. Wow, thanks for reading that, Josh. Do you love Portland? I absolutely love it. I have fallen in love, not originally from here, but here for the past six years. Sure. And it is much different from the lands of Oakland and San Francisco, yeah. where I've grown up. But, uh, you know, I've definitely seen downtown change and the people sure. change, even in the past six years. So um, I recently spent some time downtown around Columbia Sportswear on Broadway, like by Pioneer Courthouse Square, um, the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall, and went ahead and interviewed folks who... Um, were hanging around the area, appeared to be living outside. Um, the folks that I did talk to confirmed with me that they are homeless, and we got their take on these safety issues downtown. Um, we asked them a couple of questions that um, Josh helped me write earlier this week, if you want to give it a go. You know, um, it's not unknown that the topic of number of police and how police behave is sort of a hot topic in our country. And Definitely. we wanted to get the perspective of safety and safety from the police, from a demographic that maybe doesn't have that much of a voice, as Ray was saying. And so some of the questions we asked them was, in general, do you think there are safety issues downtown? Have you ever personally felt unsafe downtown? What would you suggest to improve or maintain safety in downtown Portland? And also give them the chance to comment on this piece by Tim Boyle, saying that Tim Boyle supports Wheeler's proposal for 80 more police officers, uh, suggests even more police officers. Would adding those officers help you feel safer? So those are the questions. Let's take it over to our community interviews, and then we'll be back with our two cents and some other takes in the community. Let's get to those interviews. We interviewed five folks from the homeless community around Columbia Sportswear and asked them four different questions. So we decided the best way to present this is replay those interviews question by question. So we'll go to the first question and then get the answers from those five interviewees and then move on to the next question and so on and so forth. Here we go. One is, in general, do you think there are safety issues downtown? Yes, I do. Okay. Anything more you want to say there or just that? Um, well, I feel that a lot of homeless people should should feel safe and not be attacked or messed with or talked about just because they're homeless. Okay, gotcha. One is, in general, do you think there are safety issues downtown? I know there are safety issues downtown. Okay. If people think it's bad right now and back when Donald Trump was being elected president, no. It's just, it's always been a bad problem. Yeah, and gotcha. 
having like hiring more cops isn't going to do anything. It's not about how many cops there are. It's about how the cops act on the job. I gotcha. One is in general. Do you think there are safety issues downtown? I think yes, of course. I think there's safety issues in every city. Okay. One is in general. Do you think there are safety issues downtown? Oh yeah. Okay. One is in general. Do you think there are safety issues downtown? Yes. Two, have you ever personally felt unsafe downtown? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, I have. Um, and again, feel I won't ask you, but feel free to jump into anything in detail that you want to. Two, have you ever personally felt unsafe downtown? Oh, yes. Especially when all the commotion was going on when Trump was being elected and the tear gas bombs and everything. That was terrifying. Okay, gotcha. Uh, two, have you ever personally felt unsafe downtown? Overall, uh, I think our city is one of the safer ones. Okay. Portland's often been called a sanctuary city. Okay. Um, and I think, uh, as far as my personal safety goes, yeah. I have good karma. And yeah. I think the, the key to safety isn't so much external things like extra police and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's keeping your own side of the street clean, keeping gotcha. your own karma good. Right. Go yeah, gotcha. Um, Two, have you ever personally felt unsafe downtown? No. Two, have you ever personally felt unsafe downtown? Yes. Number three, what would you suggest to improve or maintain safety downtown? Um, I feel that a lot of the programs that support the homeless or that have day heating shelters yeah. should actually come out of those buildings and check on the homeless. If they're certain- Like outreach? Outreach, yeah. Okay. There's certain blocks, like I do with a lot of people that's yeah. supposed to be working with homeless. See, I know sure. their protocol, and a lot sure. of them don't stay in their scope of practice. Yeah. Did I feel that a lot? I go out and throw them blankets or tell them, hey, why don't we scoot you over here? Sure. Or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Number three, what would you suggest to improve or maintain safety downtown? Um, probably have better trained Policemen, especially policemen that don't, aren't the kind to abuse their jobs, the kind that actually do their job gotcha. and the safe and respectful way, and that actually don't break their own laws. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, number three, what would you suggest to improve or maintain safety downtown? Well, every I think everybody needs to do their part. You know, okay. uh, the more the more it, the, the answer to life, all of life's problems is just to love each other, right? Yeah. How do we go about doing that, though? Because there's a lot of problems that, that come up and there's disputes between different people. Right. Um, I don't know. I think they just put a security guard in the bathroom. I think I think it, I, yeah. I understand why. Here at Pioneer Courthouse Square? Yes, or? Yeah, okay. at the TriMet station here at the square. Okay, gotcha. I understand why, but I think that the money, it's $15 an hour. Yeah. The money, it's it's kind of a waste of money. Yeah. Um, if we have to babysit everybody, including when they're in the bathroom, then something's wrong. So yeah. I don't think that's the way about going about fixing it. But Okay. Um, I think um, police police presence uh, generally is, 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 is helpful. Yeah. Number three, what would you suggest to improve or maintain safety downtown? I think they're doing enough as it is. You got clean and safe. Clean and safe, yeah. You got the police. The police. Not much more you can do. Not much more you can do. Okay. Number three, what would you suggest to improve or maintain safety downtown? <sighs> I don't know. The police don't seem to do enough. Okay. Uh, they, it's all about citizens' rights. That ain't okay. getting anywhere. Got it. Uh, 
I know they're going to be posting signs, yeah. right? I think so. I don't know. Uh, I think they should have more uh, day shelters available with okay. with uh, TV, okay. uh, snacks. Yeah. You know. Like a place to get comfortable and yeah, it, safe. Yeah, it wouldn't probably take care of everybody, but right. it would take care it would help. of a lot of people. Okay. A lot of people would acclimate themselves sure. to it. Gotcha. A little uh, dignity goes a long way. Yeah. I think that's a great message. Okay, so the juicy question, number four. Okay. So Tim Boyle supports Ted Wheeler's proposal for 80 more police officers. Once even more, would that help you feel safer? No, because it, it, it depends okay. on are they going to come out and harass because you're homeless? Yeah. Are they going to come out to really protect you? Are they coming out to really protect the business? Okay. What are they really coming out for? Gotcha. Okay, so the juicy question, number four. Okay. So Tim Boyle supports Ted Wheeler's proposal for 80 more police officers. Once even more, would that help you feel safer? Well, that kind of brings me back to the last question as to, like, would 80 more help? It's not about how many. It's about each individual officer and how they are on the job. So, Absolutely. in the end, it just varies on, like, say... It's if, like quality, not yeah, quantity. Yeah, okay. it's all about quality. Gotcha. Okay, so the juicy question, number four. Okay. So, Tim Boyle supports Ted Wheeler's proposal for 80 more police officers. Once even more, would that help you feel safer? I like, to be honest, you know what? I saw a police, I'm at the square now, and I saw a police officer drive here, and uh, so long as the police are being cool with people and not, yeah. you know, picking on people, sure. I like their presence. I, th okay. I think it definitely helps. Got it. I well, felt safe when he drove by. Sure. Got it. Okay, so the juicy question, number four. Okay. So Tim Boyle supports Ted Wheeler's proposal for 80 more police officers. Once even more, would that help you feel safer? No. No. All right. Okay, so the juicy question, number four. Okay. So Tim Boyle supports Ted Wheeler's proposal for 80 more police officers. Once even more, would that help you feel safer? Where at, though? Like here, <laughs> in the, in the port. Well, in the Portland Police Bureau to help with the safety issues downtown. No, I feel like I'm on my own. To tell you the truth. Okay. Uh, you feel like you're on I, your own. I'm stand. I stand here, and there'll be a police officer right here. So we're on Yam Hill and Broadway. Okay. Okay. And there was a car. You know, he was sitting on his bike, just sitting there. Sure. And there was a car that made a right-hand turn okay. up the street here. Yeah. He, he didn't say or, or do anything. Sure. He was not aware of his surroundings. Yeah. Like most people aren't. You right. Know, most people don't think outside the box. Sure. If they do, they qualify for attention deficit disorder, <laughs> in my opinion. Okay. Gotcha. So it, it's only temporal and... And uh, you know, but what were you saying? Short, short life. What were you saying about the police officer? That they didn't catch something that was happening. They didn't help with the safety, or what was? I know he was oblivious. To he was oblivious. Run. Okay, Completely gotcha. Oblivious. Every time I see somebody start to make the right hand turn, I wave my arm like this. Yeah. And you know, I have a problem with jaywalking. Yeah. The other week, there was some woman flying up the hill here. Yeah. You know, do you know the speed limit for this part of town? Isn't it 25? I would think so. I believe she was going 40. 
Oh wow. She, she was she had the light with her. Yeah. But there was a uh, a father and a, a young daughter, probably yeah. about five years old. Yeah. And they were crossing the intersection against the light. Yeah. And this woman was flying up here. Yeah. It's only about forty. And I saw them crossing, you know, I I'm cognizant of the the traffic here. Yeah. saw them crossing, and yeah. they would have been hit if, if I hadn't. If you hadn't stopped them. Yeah, because they were this far from being hit. And so one then... More, one more step, I don't know if they could could have gotten out of their way. Sure. Out of her way. So almost like... So, so they were like this far from, yeah. from the car, but the car was right just before the track. Sure. And I backed them off, and they backed them. So if I understand yeah. what you're saying, it's that traffic safety is a big deal around here, and maybe that needs to be looked at? Uh, That's a part of it. No, I don't no. think much can be done about our problems. Not much can uh, be done? What do you mean, our problems? Everybody downtown. Everybody downtown. You know, specifically, everybody downtown. Yeah, gotcha. That's it for the interviews. Let's get over to Josh, and we'll get started on our reactions to the interviews. One of the most surprising things for me from these interviews is, um, I believe the second interview, um, she was talking about well, when all those protests were happening, I was scared because it was so um, like convoluted downtown, and it usually isn't. And it makes me think, well, with people without a home, when you put 5,000, 10,000 people in one small area, it's like sure. you're stepping into their house. Yeah. And um, I don't think any of the protesters in Portland, no matter how good their intentions, think about what sort of collateral damage they're actually causing to the people who have to live on those streets sort of, uh, you know, create a war zone oh. in some of those protests that happened. Yeah. Um, that was something I'd, I'd never thought about before. Yeah, I mean, like, this week I was doing outreach with the homeless and talked to a gentleman named John who reached out to us on Facebook mm-hmm. um, telling me that there's, like, this event which would be advocating for the homeless at, like, 1 p.m. in the park blocks. And then I showed up and it was, like, an Antifa versus, like, Patriot Prayers protest. And, like, I didn't see John there, and, like, it was his intent to, like, have, like, a forum for the homeless. And, like, if I'm, you know, not mistaken, like, that space was displaced by, like, a political protest. And I definitely think that, like, Portlanders need to keep in mind, like, what kind of space they're occupying um, when they are repping their own agendas you know, over the top of people who live in the city don't have homes, and that's what they call, like, their community. Um, you know, they're they're outside. And many of them could be involved in those protests as well. That's not something we have data on or want to claim and really get into, but we're hearing it firsthand from these people on the streets in these interviews that, like, this is affecting them. And it's not just, like, the safety issues that, you know, Tim Boyle thinks that they create. It's, like, they have their own safety concerns, and, like, how are we listening to them? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Those interviews were interesting. I think I'd like to just do more of them in general. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it has to stop here just because, you know, the Columbia sportswear topic comes up and dies. But, um, yeah, no, it's certainly interesting. Another good point, I think, uh, I think it echoes my sentiment, too. A lot of these people, you know, they're not, they're not against the police. They're against the police acting in ways that are inappropriate. Totally. And I think that's something, no matter if you're you know, red or blue, 
really agree with. Is everyone who has positions of power and responsibility should, uh, you know, should hold it admirably and sure. with integrity. And hearing some of these people talk, you know, true like wisdom is coming out of their mouths. Uh, you know, I have friends and I've met people who, you know, are very successful monetarily. You could say and uh, haven't had an ounce of that. Uh, don't have an ounce of that sort of wisdom coming from them. And so, uh, I'm really glad we got to hear their perspective and their voices. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a divisive issue that people want like those in positions of authority to behave well um, and to look out for their safety. You know, not everybody that we interviewed said like they would feel less safe with more police. Um, one, one person said that it was about like how many police, or excuse me, not how many police, but like what's the quality of you know, their presence. Um, I do want to touch on, I thought that was really quite a moment there um, with the person that was talking about purpose and that mm -hmm. he felt lost when he was homeless and that was what he was trying to find. Um, I think that's really fascinating. Another thing that caught my attention was um, the suggestions made by more than one person for either folks uh, in the social service like uh, organizations to come out onto the streets and like look after the people that are out there, which may or may not be happening, but that was their take. And then... Yeah. Also, um, the, the last person that we interviewed talking about, like, we need, we just need a place to go sometimes. Like, it doesn't even have to be a shelter. It's just, like, a, a center to go in and get comfortable. And I do know of things like that that exist, but it sounds like there's maybe not enough would be a safe assumption to make um, because he was still out there, you know? He wasn't inside. Um, I got to talk to a couple street roots vendors um, when mm. I was out there, which was interesting, and... Um, yeah, so there's just there's there's a lot of wisdom in these folks, and I'm really happy to be giving them a platform. Um, off the mic, a lot of them are just saying like how great they think it is what we're doing, um, and that this is really cool that we're giving them a voice. So, yeah, yeah no, I've been told I have a face for radio, so I'm glad <laughs> to be speaking too on this one. I think you got the voice too. Um, so yeah, I mean, this section is about our take and we already read Tim Boyle's open letter, um, like his, his yeah. guest opinion through the Oregonian. Um, he, I believe was kind of criticized by the public for talking about safety rather than homelessness, sort of conflating the issues. And he ended up making a statement later more on the note of homelessness. So my good friend Josh would like to read that, I believe, once we get through this stupid ad. I know, Come they, on, they Oregon pop Live. up, take up the whole page. UFC weekly ad. All right. All right. So again, in the words of Tim Boyle, a couple weeks ago, Columbia Sportswear Company delivered a truckload of coats to transition projects, an important nonprofit that assists homeless individuals in Portland. And our team participated in TV interviews, stressing the importance of providing support for communities in need. The same day, I published an opinion piece in the Oregonian urging city leaders to address urgent safety issues in downtown Portland, in part by providing resources for community policing. My opinion piece in the Oregonian did not address homelessness generally. The word does not appear in the article because the concerns about safety are not tied solely to that issue. The call for community policing resources got far more attention, but the spotlight needs to be much broader. 
you would be hard-pressed to name all the agencies and enterprises who are involved in some way in these interrelated issues. There are issues that touch the state, the city, the county, and there are no doubt resources being spent by public bodies that no one thinks of in connection with homelessness. At times, Portlanders seem to be talking past each other, choosing one side or another to what is inherently a multi-sided issue. We can and should, and we do, show compassion, so show compassion to support individuals in need. At the same time, we can and should provide resources for law enforcement to provide greater safety for all. While this is a challenging situation, I refuse to give up, and I would encourage all Argonians to devote time, attention, and yes, resources to address the complex issues surrounding homelessness. In meetings with local and safety with local and state leaders in recent months, I have offered to contribute personally to genuine solutions, not policing. And I have reiterated my belief that others in the business community should join this effort. I'm glad to call business leaders personally to ask them to contribute. We cannot solve all problems, and we will likely never address all the needs related to homelessness. But as Oregonians, we can make meaningful progress if our leaders, business, government, nonprofits, and others have the will to do so. End of words from Tim Boyle. So then they listed some organizations that I guess um, they've been giving to, including Beaverton School District, Boys and Girls Club of Portland Metro, Christmas for Kids, like just a ton of these different organizations where they can help the community. I think that's great. Um, Transition Projects was one of them. I wanted to go back to that quote. So um Columbia Sportswear delivered a truckload of coats to transition projects, an important nonprofit that assists homeless individuals in Portland, and our team participated in TV interviews, stressing the importance of providing support for communities in need. So I think that's great that they gave to transition projects. Um, We have some friends uh, at Transition Projects, which is a large social service provider, who are interested in what we're doing at DonorBridge, and we're looking to provide long-term a lot more than just like a truckload of coats. We would love to do that too. But um, I think that the the note here about their team participating in TV interviews, like stressing the importance of providing support for communities in need. Um, I mean, obviously they're, they're like walking the talk, but I, I just wonder really what any of that resulted in. Like how important is it that they got on TV and talked about the issue? Um, how much is it about just promoting Columbia sportswear over like really the issues? Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a lot of money, but Tim Boyle is like a billionaire. Um, I think he's approaching like 2 billion in net worth and like, we've got a fundraiser right now to get somebody off the streets that it's only like, we need a thousand dollars. Like a million is a thousand thousand dollars and a billion is like a thousand 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 dollars. So I think, you know, his capability and reach, um, financially is really huge to make an impact on this issue and housing, um, you know, we're in a housing crisis. I think that would be an important focus. And with Tim, they say, you know, they went on TV and talked about it. Did he get on TV and talked about it? Like, he wrote an opinion piece in the Oregonian talking about more police. So, like, maybe the left hand doesn't know what the right one is doing. Yeah, I love that. In the sense that, uh, you know, his media reach is sort of pushing a slightly slightly different agenda uh, in that sense, which is fine because that's what he believes in and that's what he supports. But um, I don't know. It's very interesting. He had to get called out in order to publicly address homelessness 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he's saying he refuses to give up. Um, I thought that recently the controversy was he was about to give up. Um, he was about to leave because of these like quote safety issues. So I talked about this in the last podcast, but I think the, the proposition, the proposal that we have as a platform to link businesses to our donors to support communities in need um, would really provide value to Columbia. They'd still be able to make the same money that they do on their products while giving them to the people who need them. Um, there's plenty of folks on the streets who don't have the clothing that they need. They may be able to get secondhand clothing through various um, social service providers, but um, there's plenty of people walking around who want to do something about this. And if they knew that they could buy like Columbia Sportswear products through our platform when we have that up, I think that could really change what's going on. It would allow Columbia Sportswear to say, you know, we have stake in this. We're like literally opening up our products to just being bought for the homeless in a way that we don't currently. So, um, yeah, I mean, Josh, we could talk about this. We, we do talk about this for <laughs> hours at a time, Yeah, which is great. Definitely. Um, <laughs> you know, there and there's plenty of other footwear companies that could get involved, footwear and, and clothing. I mean, we've got Nike out in Beaverton. We've got Adidas in Northeast. Under we've Armour. got, yeah, Under Armour now where the YMCA used to be. Um, and, of course, Keen. And, of course, Keen Footwear. Shout out, Keen. We love you guys, if you're listening. Um, I mean, we have Danner Boots. Danner like, boots. Danner Boots are, like, a great outdoor boot. That would be something that would really work, I think, for people that are living outside. Absolutely. Um, I think there's more. I'm just, like, blanking. But those are the big ones. And um, definitely, we agree something needs to be done. Um, but our emphasis is getting the opinions and perspective from the folks that we want to serve. Um, I talked about this the other day on Instagram Live, which was that it's not about like showing up and telling people you want to help them. It's showing up and trying to learn and listen, like what is liberation for them? And like, is your own liberation bound to that? And Josh and I have like a very... I mean, this is uh, an issue close to our hearts and our communities in Oakland mm -hmm. and Portland. Um, mm -hmm. I personally went through challenges in high school where if there weren't safety nets and privileges there for me to catch me from falling, like I could be out there too. And so, you know, just, I think everybody relates to this issue in a different way. And it's really important to be listening to those folks. And so hopefully we're able to provide you with a way to do that. Um, I'm just thinking we had some notes about other stuff we wanted to get through. And to help people, I hope, you know, through these interviews, you see they're your neighbors too. Because totally. I think that's a big part of our mission is understanding that just because they don't live on a house, live in a house and live next to you and give you a nice jello mold every Thanksgiving or something that <laughs> they're also your neighbor. Definitely. Um, you know, they're as much a part of the community as anybody else is. Um, so uh, there's one more piece out of the Oregonian I thought would be worth reading, and it was the response, uh, guest opinion, to Tim Boyle. So From who was it? Let's give uh, Alex de Blasi. Hey, Alex, if you're listening, um, thanks for writing. Um, we are going to give you a live read here, uh, your article on the Oregonian. So hope it's good. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> so in the worlds of Alex, Tim Boyle. I'm writing to you as a fellow Portland resident, an ally, an advocate of the homeless community, and as an ordained minister to address your recent opinion piece published Sunday in the Oregonian, Oregonian Live. First, 
My heart goes out to your employees who have experienced the trauma of harassment of receiving threats from people on the street. I urge them to seek the help they need, but I urge them to not let those ugly encounters shape their opinions of all homeless people. Concerning your company's so-called laptop donation program, did those employees leave their laptops in their car when they lived in New York City or San Francisco? Downtown Portland is a busy, bustling American city with all the side effects of a life in the concrete jungle. A laptop in a locked car is as much an invitation for theft as it is to loudly count your cash in public. Second, I ask that you reconsider your position on how the city should address these safety issues. More policing, as you propose, is a blanket solution that could end with violence. You and Mayor Ted Wheeler want dozens of more badges on the street sooner rather than later, but hastily hiring leads to hasty, but hasty hiring leads to hasty training, which leads to more bad policing. I don't think the Portland Police Bureau is currently equipped to be the agency responsible for addressing the homeless crisis. In the early days of Wheeler's tenor, five people, one of them a baby, froze to death on our streets. How could the police have prevented this? This spring, a transit officer was shot and killed Terrell Johnson, a 24-year-old homeless man who is in mental crisis. Johnson was fleeing on foot from armed officers. We'll never know why he changed course with a knife drawn towards the officers, as the official report states. But we cannot ascertain, as no body camera was in use. We can't ask Terrell Johnson, but we can ask why Officer Samuel Azir's response was considered acceptable on legal or humane grounds. I work at transition projects and can tell you that it's our friends, neighbors, and fellow Portlanders living on the streets whose safety is in greater jeopardy. When wealthy leaders in the local business community write opinion pieces demonizing an entire population as wild thieves lacking in even potty training, they sway public opinion. They dissuade the public from listening to these people's stories. Tim Boyle, I invite you to spend time at the Bud Clark Commons to hear about life on the streets. You'll hear from a population more prone than any other to become victims of violent crime, sexual assault, theft, and police violence. You'll also hear the human side of homeless life that is parentally ignored. You'll come to know them as neither as victim nor villain, but as people, as souls. You will find yourself wanting more for them than a greater police presence. You may even see greater unaddressed needs in our community. Some people make bad choices, but others experience misfortune beyond their control. You are a man of immense financial wealth, but most Americans live in a reality or missing their regular paycheck twice could result in homelessness. Showing compassion and mercy to all is an edict put forth in every major faith tradition. How can you have such a myopic perspective? I urge you to see homelessness not as a menace or nuisance to your employees, but as a greater humanitarian matter. My hope is that your heart opens, or at the very least, your wallet. If neither can happen, perhaps your mouth can remain closed. All you are doing is creating noise that's neither helpful nor welcome. What would be very helpful and welcome in the future would be donations to help keep our neighborhood on the streets warm, dry, and safe as we face more rain and anticipate a harsh winter. End of the words of Alex de Blasi. Who lives in Northeast Portland, according to this article. So that was an awesome article. I think that was my favorite piece so far I've read about these issues. And shout out to Transition Projects. We have some friends there. Um, in Tim, and in Tim Boyle's own words, you know, it's a multi-sided issue. And that's why I think getting both 
both perspectives, only really only two of the perspectives, um, is useful there. Right. No, definitely. I think that's a good point. That is Tim's own words. Um, I did want to, this is like slightly related. So that laptop donation program joke about like getting your laptop stolen, I'm sure it does happen in Portland. I've had friends that have had their cars broken into just like any other American city. But during the time I was doing those interviews you heard earlier, I left my old laptop, which is a piece of junk, but it looks like a totally good MacBook Pro on my dashboard in the Bridgemobile as it was parked like basically outside Columbia Sportswear. This was Saturday. It was there from, it was just there in the afternoon for a couple hours. And I mean, I even posted a picture on Instagram and like the laptop's still there. Um, <laughs> I still have that laptop. I would love to donate it if Columbia does have a laptop donation program. Um, Mike was joking. He said, how do I sign up for the program? <laughs> um, so there's definitely people out there who need laptops too. Um, anyways, yeah, um, I, I really appreciate everybody tuning in today. Um, it's been really good to get together with Josh and talk about these issues in the community. And we look forward to talking to you next week about how to build the bridge. Yeah. And if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns about anything we talked about today, you know, send us a message, comment yourself. Uh, you know, we are all ears and open voices to continue this conversation going this week. Also, if you'd like to be on the podcast, we love interviewing the community. So please let us know if that would be interesting, if you have um, an opinion that you would like to share with everybody on these issues. Welcome to the outro portion of our second Build the Bridge podcast. I just wanted to thank everybody for listening, all of our bridge builders. I am your bridge builder in chief, Ray Torkelson. Signing off from my alma mater at Lewis and Clark College with my social enterprise, Donor Bridge, where we hashtag build the bridge between people with resources who want to give and people in need who want help. We do so by eliminating barriers to donating, such as distrust and inconvenience. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, you can check us out at www.donor-bridge.com. Sorry our newsletter isn't out yet. That should come this week on our website. Follow us on social media at DonorBridge, no space, no dash, to stay up to date on what we're doing if you're interested trying to help those in need who want help. Thanks again for listening, Bridge Builders. As always, as we wrap up, I'm going to let us listen to a great song from Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment called Sunday Candy, because I hope this has been your Sunday Candy. Thanks, Bridge Builders. Say in her voice, in her way, that she love me With her eyes, with her smile, with her belt, with her hands, with her money I am the thesis of her prayers Her nieces and her nephews are just pieces of the layers Only one she loves as much as me is Jesus Christ and Taylor I got a future song singing for my grandma You sing it too, but your grandma ain't my grandma Mine's is handmade, pan fried, sun dried, south side, and beat the devil by a landslide, praying with a hands tied, president of my fan club, Santa, something told me I should bring my money. Gotta move it slowly, taking in my body like it's holy. I've been waiting for you for the whole week. I've been praying for you, you're my Sunday king. You gotta move slowly, taking in my body like it's holy.
candy, your peppermint is the truth. I'm pessimistic on Monday. If I had tweaked them, it's you. You look so good with the hat on, had to match with the shoes. Came and dressed in the satin, I came and sat in your pew. I come to Christmas for dinner, 50 rolls on my plate. Hella holes in my stocking, holding your pockets in place. I like my love with the budget, I like my hugs with a scent. You smell like light gas while the electricity rent. You sound like why the gospel choir got so tired. Singing this crazy daily basis, so I gotta try it. You my dream catcher, dream team, team captain. Matter of fact, I ain't seen you in a minute. Let me take my butt to church. You better come on in. Praying for you, you're my Sunday king. You, you gotta, gotta move slowly. slowly. 